Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we are diving into something wild. And it's wild. A Savage Alpha Shifter Romance by Dee Dee Prince. How? I loved it. This book was so good. It was so good. I think you and I had talked about this book in the very beginning of the of the birth of this podcast before we started recording. Yes. Um, and that was the first time that I had read it. I hadn't read it previously. Yeah. So the second opportunity allowed me to savor a little bit more than Yeah. Than back then. <laughs> God, this book was so good. I had forgotten how much I loved it. Yeah, I forgot. I've I've reread it since parts of it, not the whole thing. I have reread parts of it since because I just needed some of that primal mine, and and she does that so well. Oh. <laughs> Tyson, I was I, his name <laughs> oh. left me. Um, Tyson definitely has that primal mind going on. Mm, yes, he does. I also found this book hysterical. I did too. It was so funny. Um, I loved the the heroine's sense of humor because it was so real. I was I I could identify some with with Ivy, but I didn't like her. Oh, you didn't like Ivy? No, she was judgy as all hell. She was very judgy, but she did she did. I guess note that about herself. Like she knew how judgy she was. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't get better because at the end of the book, there's the chick, Sherry. Her name was Sherry. Yes. Um, and she has the, the judgy thoughts about her being a slut. Mm. So, you know, that, that bothered me. I, I'm not a, I try really hard to not be judgy. I yeah. don't always succeed. But that's something that I am very aware of and my flaw in myself. There, so I might be a little harsher on her because of that. That's fine. She was definitely a slut shamey. Definitely. Absolutely. Because we started this book off by her judging her friend, which actually was a pretty horrible friend. So I didn't feel too bad about that. No. But but the concept got, yes. of slut shaming yes. is just not acceptable. Because I love that she got sold on this luxury cabin trip, right? No. And she shows up and it's like, it's not, it's it's like a fallen apart cabin with some cheap beer and like Cheetos. And 
two girls to five guys. And no no locks on any doors, not even the bathroom. Because that's not creepy. No, this, this place was creepy AF. But she acknowledges that it was a bad decision mm-hmm. based on the length of time that she knew Megan and the red flags that were there. And she knows the red flags, just I didn't see them. Yeah. So I thought that was a little too stupid to live. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, these books wouldn't be these books if they didn't have too stupid to live heroines. So. I know. <laughs> well, this one might have with all the magic. Yeah. True. There was a lot. There was a lot of cool stuff. Did you note, though, that the the place that she was sold to go to, right? Like the waterfront chalet with this, like, beautiful layout and a hot tub and just this like rustic cabin but like on an elevated level uh-huh that's what she ended up living in with tyson and his parents house yeah isn't that like i i really thought that was a like a cute i don't know i don't know if you would call it foreshadowing but throwback. Well, it's a good way to circle it around yeah i didn't catch it but yeah i can see that I didn't catch it the first time we read it, but I did catch it this time because I think because I went into it already knowing kind of what's happening when she was describing it in that first chapter. I was like, "Ooh, I think that's what they end up in, you know, more yeah. or less. Um, but I I love the, the magic aspect of it. I, first of all, I love me a shifter. I love me a wolf shifter. I love me an alpha. So this ticked everything and this was like a put it in my veins situation i love me an instant instant attraction faded mates oh yes and i love that she ran away and got lost immediately (laughs) when she ran away from that cabin i completely identified with that because if i don't have my gps i can't go anywhere i am geographically challenged it's taken me like nine years to figure out that I live in the South towns of where I live. <laughs> I, I get lost everywhere as well. Um, I have absolutely no sense of direction. <laughs> so I related because this happened to her multiple times. Every time she tries to flee from somewhere, when she fleed from Tyson, the, the, the next one will get there when she does. She went the wrong way. <laughs> Because she had a chance to get away if she went the right way. Yeah. She was in this truck and she was going to skedaddle out of there. But so she's driving along, right? And then she hits an animal and it's pitch black because it's in the middle of what city was like, not city, what town? Where, where are they? They're near Drowsy Hollow, but I don't know what state that is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if they ever said if it I was. I don't think so. And I know Dee Dee is Canadian, so I wonder if it was, can like I wonder if it's a Canada place, or if it's a U.S. place, or if it's a mystical place like doesn't exist. I bet Google could probably tell us. Yeah, because I I'm one of those constant Googlers. That's fine. I just assumed it was in America, but that's because I'm American and I'm one of those that I just assume everybody everybody comes to me. You know what I mean? Like obviously it's America. <laughs> Of course, it's America. <laughs> it doesn't even pull up when you Google it. Oh, Everything fine. comes to Sleepy Hollow. She may have just made it up. Yeah. 
So, all right. So, but it's definitely like a like a woodsy area, no streetlights of any sort. It's not a it's not a town even. It's just it's like a mountain. A, yeah, it's a, it's like a backwards mountain kind of Curly place. Road. Mm-hmm. So she hits this animal and she feels horrible. And then she like slides into a ditch. <laughs> well, she should be thankful because with as big as they describe Tyson's wolf as being. Yeah. I mean, you hit a baby deer and, you're, you know, it, you're screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though she wasn't going that fast, she was really lucky that none of the windows broke. Yeah. Or that uh, there wasn't more damage until she hit the tree. Yeah. And then he broke her window anyway. So. And the door handles. <laughs> oh, my God. That, was, that scene was hysterical because she's like, oh. There's no soul service because she's in the middle of nowhere on this mountain. And she's like, all right, I guess I just have to, like, I love that she said, like, leg it to the nearest phone or something. Yeah. And then this, she's like, is that a wolf or a bear? Like, she wasn't sure what it was because it's so dark. And then it's just like a naked man. (laughs) Just that make a giant naked man outside your window. Well, she says, the wolf is looking at me. The intensity of his eyes. And then it disappears, and then there's a man. Yeah. And she's like, wait, I, there was a wolf, and he's naked. Yeah. And it, she put the two together relatively quickly for someone who hadn't been exposed to the supernatural. Yeah, I don't know if I would have necessarily came to that conclusion immediately. I don't know that I would have either. But he's like. I will in the future, should that happen. Yes, I'm well prepared now. I love that he keeps contradicting himself because they have a whole conversation. And she's like, he says, let me in. And she's like, uh, no, I'm not letting you in. And then she asks him if the wolf was his. And he, and she says, he says, yes. And he's like, don't worry, my boyfriend's going to be back. She, she does one of those. Like, my boyfriend's will, my boyfriend will be back any minute now. Yeah. And then he growls at her. <laughs> And then proceeds to break her car to get into the car. He tells her to open it. And then she pretends that she's on the phone. And he's like, open the door. And she's like, no, I'm not going to. And he says, obey me, female. (laughs) And I was like, dude, you are signing your life away. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, she's clearly not going to open the door for him. And it makes sense because she's scared of him. And I like that he didn't like that she was scared of him, but he yes. didn't know how to fix it. He was like, well, his his only way of fixing it would be like, I just need to mount her because she's clearly. She will <laughs> settle down after she's mine. <laughs> I don't know where I put the notes specifically. Um, but I was like, yeah, because a good dicking fixes everything, doesn't it? I mean, usually. <laughs> I like, and if, if he if he just dicks her down hard enough, she will obey and she will be happy and she will be his and she won't look at another man and no one will look at her. <laughs> then life will be perfect. Uh-huh. I mean, if, sometimes you do just need a good dicking. You really do, but... I have never had it under the impression that it was going to 
fix things. Most of the time, it's a good way to not fix things. Yeah, it's just an escape. It's just a little, little, little bit of release down, like a stress, stress release situation. But yeah, she's really struggling with like, is he like a werewolf? or like is he not is my mind going crazy and then she starts thinking about her aunt Aunt Nell Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was interesting um, because her we we get back to this but like pretty much her aunt Nell like sold her soul for an exchange of like happiness with these magical witches and they fucked shit up and bound these well we we already know her sister her sister's getting bound as well bound her and her sister's soul to like this pack for happiness and she also during that time she also did the um whatever spell that got rid of ivy's dad yes when he cheated on her mom Mm -hmm. that was a byproduct of whatever nell did yeah so the meddling meddling aunt I gotta tell you, I wouldn't mind to have a meddling ant like that. No, you get me a six foot five muscular alpha shifter ant. Yes, please. please. You will have the best nursing home ever. I'm moving you in. You moving in my house. <laughs> I'll take care of you. I have two ants, okay? Neither of them. And you know what? Speaking of, like magic, like my uh my mom and her sisters do practice a little bit of something something no and uh they 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 read turkish coffee cups i don't know if you've ever done that and uh they're creepily accurate sometimes sometimes not always but sometimes (laughs) and um i never let my mom or my aunt read my coffee cup because i don't need them knowing my my business so yeah i can i can support that choice Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like I know they've got some little witchy witchy shenanigans going on, and I don't have a six foot five alpha shifter in my life. I have Mister <laughs> Savage, who he's great. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but he's never growled mine at me. <laughs> Therefore, he could be better. He could improve. I did not like the fact that they kept throwing up the witches because it comes out that there's something strange going on and that there's magic afoot and that the Mm -hmm. witches did this and it must be witchcraft and it's it's so repetitive and it's like okay i i got it salem witch trials (laughs) but uh, i mean that whole scene was really like hot and funny because there's definitely chasing because he like opens the door he like traps her under him she does wiggle away and then she like fucking books it and he turns into a wolf and chases her down in like three seconds flat he tackles her as a wolf yes he he also had the now that she's mine she will always smell like she's just been fucked yes uh naturally uh please he's got some good lines he's got great lines if you are into mine this is your book. Mm-hmm. I also really loved that this was a, a little bit of like a Tarzan Jane situation because he was so like wi- like wild, right? Like he was. 
Well, he, he was on the, he was only a year from being feral. Pretty much. Yeah. And he grew up with his crazy uncle and nobody else. I mean, really think about it, right? Like he had no kids to play with when he was younger. He was instead put into dog fights. He never went to school. No. He didn't have any interaction with any of the humans besides the the side chicks that he dicked down. During the one month a year he was human. To practice with. <laughs> and his uncle. So, I mean, honestly, I was impressed that he even spoke English. Yeah. Um, because he's not far from it. Yeah. But it, it's kind of neat because Dee Dee does throw in those moments where he's just clueless about something like the banana, the banana peel. Oh my God. That, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. I like, I I was actually very impressed that he liked fruit as much as he did, like the the peaches and the Mm -hmm. strawberries and the banana. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I guess he only got what he could hunt or, or find, or, you know, find because, yeah, there wasn't. It's not like they went to the store, the grocery store every two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just figured he was like a carnivore. I just expected him to eat nothing but meat, you yeah. know. But no, it was fine. Um, but yeah, the banana. Jesus, he was just eating that banana like like an actual monkey would eat a banana, like with a peel and everything, <laughs> just chomping away at the banana. Um, but yeah, he does. Sorry, he does chase her down as a wolf. He tackles her down as a wolf. And then he, like, bites her. Not, like, through the skin, but he, like, pins her down. And bites her back of her neck. Yeah. Oh, man, I was like. And it bruises. I mean, so it's not a gentle nip. No, he's like, he. well, he's confused why she's running from him. Because clearly she's his. So why why is his mate running from him? Although he did understand that she was not like one of him like she she wasn't a magical person and i really liked that there was more of a dynamic to tyson than the growly mine because not only does he feel the need to catch her and mount her and mate her um he wants to take care of her he wants you know, he wants to be sweet. He wants the cuddles. He wants the love. So it, it's nice that we see that that separate separation. Yeah, he was like a interesting combination of alpha and cinnamon roll. Yes. And I loved it because yeah. I'm usually not for a cinnamon roll, but you put that on top of an alpha and... Mm. He makes it work. Yeah. It was like a... Like my best kind of like peanut butter sandwich, like alpha alpha cinnamon roll sandwich. <laughs> and I loved Take it. one of those, please. Yes. Yeah. So he he brings her back to the cabin and uh, they have some great sex. And she's confused because she's like responding. <laughs> and I mean, she is like stop no we can't yeah. do this and he just slams it i mean it's yeah. not like there's no foreplay there's no foreplay he's not easing her in boom yeah and then he nods her it's his first time nodding i loved that like aspect of the omega verse here but it was just the nods there was no like nesting or anything like that 
I had a note to ask you if you thought this would be considered an Omegaverse. Mm, I don't think so. I don't no. either. No. But it's I've seen shifter. it referred to that way, so I was curious. Oh, interesting. No, because there was no heat. There was no slick. There was no nesting. Well, she does talk about her lubrication Yeah, um, but... when he starts fucking her. So there's obviously enough for her to notice. Oh, yeah, she's wet. Um, but so are, like, all the other heroines in our books. Well, yeah. Right? Like, they just look at the hero and they're like, uh. I think that that first time was my favorite sex scene in the book. Yeah? I think so. Because it was just, it was brutal enough and it was clearly dubcon at the very least. Oh, it was definitely not con. It was because um, she said no to him multiple times. So it ticked all of my boxes. Yeah. Um. I mean, the others were good. There, There's not a bad sex scene in this book. Yeah, even the public sex scene was hot, and I'm not about that. <laughs> Brutal. That was so crazy. That was insane. When I got to that, this read-through, I had to stop and go, wait a minute. Because it was just so brutal. You know, that... I wouldn't even call, call that non-con. I would call that straight out rape. Yeah. I mean, she was injured. Um, she was battered. She was bleeding. And there was very obvious that she was saying no multiple times. Multiple times. And like just the humiliation aspect of it, because it's happening in front of like all these people. Right. And all these people are like family. Like, it's her mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus. Didi, what the hell is wrong with you in the best way possible? <laughs> I, I thought she did a good job with Tyson not getting back in her good graces soon and very quickly. Yeah, no. She held so on to that, to that anger and that hurt. And I loved it. I yeah. loved the grovels. Yeah, it was an epic grovel. It was a great, great, great grovel. Um, I also love when he, like, chased her down with his buddies to their apartment. And we're like, sorry, I know you're mad, but, like, you're coming back with me. It doesn't matter. She says, Bailey is crying. Cat has her arms around her and Cat's eyes are haunted. His mother, his mother saw all of that. Yeah. And his mother, who had been through something similar to that with his uncle. Yeah. Because he, I mean, it just re-traumatizes his mother. And Mary Pound, yeah, I'm honestly surprised no one stepped in. Well, they they ask her that. Um, he says, why the fuck didn't you protect my mate? They should have put me down. No, then she'd be free for Mason to take her. Fuck. The urge to shift is overwhelming right now. To shift and tear apart everything in my field of vision. That's something beyond us, Ty, Riley says softly. She's yours, and she's your responsibility. Fuck, and I failed at that spectacularly. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I understand that she's his, but it's like they're all about family and taking care of each other, and they should have taken care of her. I wondered... If she was feeling betrayed by Kat and Bailey. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, Bailey Bailey takes her home. But they're pretty quick to say, well, it is what it is. He's an alpha. And you'll get used to it. 
Pretty much, yeah. You know, we've never seen anything quite this extreme, but but it happens. But this stuff happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. Like we're we're totally fine with like nakedness in public and sex in public. Like it's it's just like a thing. Where's the where's the girl code? I don't know. Like I said, they should have taken care of her because they're they're so quick to say like that they take care of each other mm-hmm. and that it's a big happy family and whatever. Like no, it's like an abusive family almost because everybody everybody just stood and watched. In horror, at least. Yeah, like, they stood and watched in horror, but they still just stood and watched. When, yes, he was mad and angry, but there were, like, a whole bunch of other alphas there that all, all like, however many of them, five or six of them, I don't remember how many they are, could have, like, definitely taken him down. There were five, if you don't include Mason. Yeah, so five against one? They're all super strong. Yes, he's, like, the superest and the most strongest and the most alphiest, Yes. But they could have, I'm not saying kill him, but like just restrain him. Yeah. Anyway, it was still hot. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but I think we went a little bit too far ahead because. I, we're just kind of all over the place. It's and... fine. We can't. That's usually how we are. We yeah. don't really need to go like into, into detail about everything. I loved when her and her sister were, were talking about the neck clit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Ivy was so far out of it. Yeah, she was drugged out. And did he give you a neck click neck clit too? And the she there was another thing. It was the neck clit and the vibrating magical I'm looking pe- for it. Magical peen, vibrating peen, something like that. It was really funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Don't um, worry about it. The necklet was good enough. It was a funny. It was a funny saying. The people who but it, read it. It was something to the effect of vibrating muscle thing. Yeah. Um, that makes you come all the time, or vibrating. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> but yeah, the mine in this book. Oh God, it was the best because she he got mad at the like cashier at the grocery man, like the the grocery bagger. Which <laughs> is. <laughs> He's just bagging the groceries. And she said thank you to him. And he was like, nah. Well, when Bailey was talking about her crush on Jace, and Ivy just casually said, well, this guy, whoever he is, is he mated? And right away, he turns around and he's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 not for me. I'm just matchmaking. Yeah. But he, he doesn't, no one is, no one is safe from his possessiveness. No. And I loved it. And even his mother. Yeah. Yeah. She drugged him. And if she hadn't drugged him, Ivy wouldn't have gotten away. Or at least that's his, his reasoning. But I also really like, okay, so you liked the first sex scene the best. Mm -hmm. My favorite sex scene was probably after after she ran away from him and he like punishes her with sex yeah that one was hot because yeah. she's like okay okay that's enough thank you like i've had like 8000 orgasms at this point and i cannot have any more and he's like no you will learn and then <laughs> she's like i'm sore yeah and he doesn't care yeah <laughs> he's not care 
sit on a bag of peas. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to explain this concept to Mr. Savage because I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like, that's his thing. Like, he, and I was like, I love it. He calls me a quitter. And I'm like, I love you. But I'm tasting static at the moment. And like, I think that's enough. Like, I think when we get to that stage of it, it's just not fun anymore. Right. So I really felt bad for her as much as like that was, I think I liked it so much because I could relate to it. Right. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. And she definitely had it worse than me because she had a magical peen and like a. Not that her body was not really made to take. Exactly. And I think that just like the the fact that like, there's no foreplay in any of this stuff, really. No. Honestly, the one time he, he ate her out was I think she was like asleep. He woke her up with it one of the times, but she was asleep. There was not a lot of oral. Mm-mm. There was just a lot one. of a lot of pounding away. A lot of penetration. Yeah. But I guess if you have a vibrating peen, you don't really you don't really need to do oral but some women like that the vibrating peen or the oral the oral (laughs) i i i would probably like a vibrating peen too but oh man i'm not trying one i haven't even i mean i'm sure if she asked him he would have done it he because he again he's such a cinnamon roll like he would have he would do anything for her at one point she makes a joke like, oh, we need like a hot tub and a flat screen TV and whatever. And he's like, I have money. I will buy it for you. My my only one. That was really cute. She kept calling her my only. My only. Yeah, my only. And then he never really called her Ivy. He called her my Ivy. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that she, she was just Ivy Savage from the moment he bit her. We don't need to sign any paperwork. We We don't need to go to the church. We are married. The shower scene. Oh, yeah. She was surprisingly prudish. Why are you surprised? She sluts shames everyone. I don't know. <laughs> it says, and possibly excessive prudishness is my actual quote that I, I notated. But at least, but, but dude, you, you need to be able to own it. Yeah. Look, she was an imperfect heroine. I loved that about her because how many heroines have we read that are just like perfect? Yeah. You know, she was realistic. She was realistic. Yeah, she had flaws, which is good. Tyson's uncle is an interesting character in the book for someone who's dead. Yeah. Um, Because his shadow falls over everything. And I have a couple of questions for this man. Why is he so interested in Tyler getting Tyson getting laid? I don't know. Um, I mean, he was—he definitely had some sort of mental disorder. So yeah. maybe that is why. He says shifters find their mate in their territory. It's basic, Tyson. A shifter's born territory is meant for them. They rarely stray far from it. If we weren't to find our mates close, we wouldn't stay in the same zone all our lives. And he goes on to explain that shifters will go crazy if they're taken out of their territory. That was really interesting. I wrote a book on that one. You did? 
Yeah. Now, I don't know uncle, but I'm betting that he's a misogynist, too. He reminds me of a certain and unnamed political party in which old, rich, white dudes want to maintain control and power so they'll do anything to keep it. And he believes women are lesser and unequal and has a basic no change, i.e. not leaving territory to find mates policy. Now, there's my shot at behavioral profiling. Criminal minds, here I come. Do we know if this is true? Do we know if... No, they say, they specifically tell Tyson that it's not true when he starts to question them about it. Interesting. So, well, I mean, like I said, he's definitely in need of some um, psychiatric evaluation. I mean, he's dead, but we don't, you know, if he was still alive. (laughs) And I believe he would... He probably had some sort of anxiety, like disorder almost, like leaving the territory, you know, like maybe some sort of like weird agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, he seems a little bipolar just from the way they described him. Yeah. Obviously, neither of us are medical professionals and are no. not able to offer any kind of diagnosis. No. Just the obligatory speech there. But if that's the case, um, it would make sense that one that he would he would have that manic nervous energy yeah i mean there's a lot wrong with him he was a horrible wolf he couldn't smell he couldn't control his body temperature um which is why they had to hibernate which is not something that wolves necessarily ever do unless there's like no food or something i thought it was really interesting to find out that he was a triplet and the other two were were so such strong wolves mm-hmm. that it's like they took the strength from him while they were in the womb. Maybe they should have just continued to consume him. Yeah. It would have been better for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we know that Uncle was crazy. Yes, Tyson comes across as a simpleton a lot because there's so much that he doesn't know, and just he's so simple and plain spoken. That he comes across as kind of naive and dumb. I mean, his thoughts always elevate. I mean, he is definitely not a stupid man. No, he's actually quite intelligent because he taught himself. Remember he said he yeah. all day from these books that they got at the whatever bookstore. Um, like, And it sounded like textbooks because he said it was books for learning, like right. in school. And... You have to be, he taught himself to read, which makes me really sad because if given the opportunity to have been raised in a loving home and integrated into society, who knows what this man would have been capable of, right? Yes. He could have been like, not not, not that he didn't amount to anything, but like he could have been, I don't know, like a world leading like cancer researcher or something, <laughs> you know? He had the potential. Yeah. So no, he wasn't he wasn't dumb at all. He was actually quite smart. And I think that made him even more interesting because his whole focus was just need to make mate happy, need to fuck mate. That was his internal monologue. Well, he tells her um he thinks at one point he's like my woman has kitchen skills. This makes me happy. Yeah. And I really part of me was like ah that's sexist, but he means it so sincerely that it's impossible to take it that way. He really has nothing more. He desires nothing more than to see Ivy happy. 
with him. Yes, keyword with him. But I don't. I never took it as a. I I didn't take that as a sexist comment. I took it as he likes to eat food and he's never had food that tasted good before. Well, that's true, right? Like his been eating nothing but I don't know rabbits and whatever else. And um, actually, did he say he had a human? He admitted to eating a human. Did he? Yeah. Catch that. I highlighted it. Hang on. It's when he was explaining that he only ate, you know, what he hunted. Um, Let me see if I can find it in here. That cover, by the way, that was a great cover. Oh. (laughs) I just opened the book and I'm like, ooh. Yay abs. (laughs) Yeah. I also like a, a hero with long hair. and You don't see a lot of those. Especially not ones that don't keep them in a douchey man bug. Mm. But that is not that I do not have as a personal opinion that man buns are douchey. But I will say there is a correlation that there are a lot of douches who wear them. Not everyone, but there are more than a few. Maybe he no, I think I I think I misread it. <laughs> he never said he ate a human. Okay. <laughs> she asks, Do you what do you eat? He says, like deer bunnies? Yes. You kill them and eat them? My face heats. I don't find dead ones and eat those. I'm not a buzzard shifter. <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. I totally misread that in my bleary 3 a.m. reading. At the, um, when she is pleading with him to stop the oral because she's so sore. Mm. I said, dude is insatiable. No wonder she's sore. I personally might be willing to chop it off in order to get a break. <laughs> yeah. Because he is just always, out of all of our heroes that we've read, I think he is the one that is most obsessed with fucking. Yeah. Well, it's because in the beginning, it's because she just isn't settled enough for him. So he thinks that (laughs) he's just not fucking her good enough. Because usually after he fucks her, she does tend to like fall asleep a little or just like lay there because she's tired and exhausted and drained from like all the orgasms and so at that point he thinks oh she's she's settled but then she like tries to leave again so she's like oh no no not settled enough again gotta gotta go back well and he also uses it to prove that he's going to be a good mate Yes. He says, I know you think that I won't be a good mate, but I will. I promise I will learn anything I need to learn. I will do whatever I need to do to show you that I will, that I will take care of you. I loved how he took care of her. The scene with the peaches. Yes. Hand feeding her peaches. Mr. Savage, why don't you hand feed me stuff? Just throws cheese balls at me from across the couch. (laughs) I know why. Mr. Klein doesn't feed me things because he would choke me. He would be happy to feed me if I would let him. But I'm not that dumb. <laughs> yeah, he was just, like I said, he's the perfect alpha cinnamon roll combo. And I loved it because he was so growly and he was so jealous, possessive. Don't touch her, touch her and die. But at the same time, he like, washed her and he fed her and he made sure she wasn't cold like as crazy as it seemed like that first scene where he was like i'm gonna fuck her in this like mud 
or in this car. But then he's like, no, because it's cold and like she's going to get hypothermia and I'm not going to be able to do this quick. Like, honestly, that was a very selfless decision for him. Like, to what? Warmth, because he really, like, the only thing going through his whole brain at that point was, I need to fuck her. I need to fuck her and claim her. And I need to, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of all the fucking, I was really entertained by Ivy's choice to not curse. Yes. Um, and then she's like, wait, it's an F word kind of day. <laughs> she says something to the effect of sometimes that's the only way to discuss something or that's the only way you can get your point across. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I get that. There are some days when any word but fuck just doesn't cut it. Yes. Uh, this this household curses quite a bit. So um, we are, we tr- you know, we tried when we first had uh, our first daughter we we're like, all right, we're going to stop cursing. It's going to happen. We're going to be those fluff and fuzz and shizzle kind of people. No. Mm-mm. No. Now, thankfully, she has not repeated any of this stuff in school. She has said it a few times at home, and we have calmly explained to her. It's really hard not to laugh, by the way, um, when a little kid just goes, fucking shit, you know? It's just hysterical. Yes, but you have to be you have to be so straight faced with them because the minute they see you laughing, they repeat it. So I'm like, all right, like try to explain it to her, like that we can't, we we don't use these words. These are grown up words, and so far she has not said it in school. But we did get a letter one time from school that like somebody said the f word in school. So if your child repeats it, like we had a conversation, and we're like, oh my god, this that was that that was our kid. That was our kid, right? That was our kid. <laughs> And it wasn't, but I was I was almost expecting a call from the teacher to be like, mm, what you talking about with your kid at home? My niece was, I want to say around eight, when she, they didn't have the parental locks appropriate on the internet. So, and she found the word fuck. Ooh. So her dad, her dad set her down. And he's like, okay, we're going to talk about the F word. And during this conversation, you can say it as many times as you want in whatever manner you want. But you've got to understand that when this conversation is over, you don't use it ever again. Mm -hmm. So he kind of weasels his way through the conversation about what fuck means to an eight-year-old. Um. And when they're done with the conversation, he says, okay, you can use it one time, one more time. (laughs) And he said, you know, she didn't even hesitate to look at me and go, fuck you, dad. (laughs) That's so funny. I was like, that's my girl. Well, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah. Yeah, the world building was really cool in this book. I love these kinds of books where it's not high fantasy, like where the whole thing is in like a mystical place. Right. Um, but I, I think they call it like magical realism or or something like that, where it's, don't quote me because I might be wrong on the term, but I think it's called magical realism, um, where it's, you know, the contemporary world, this is our world, 
but it's got a little sprinkling of magic on it and it's it's perfect and it's perfect for spooky season so we really hope that you enjoyed this spooky season book with a shifter with a vibrating peen and a neck clit situation i really want a neck clit i would not complain to have a neck clit right i i would accept that i mean i like that that area of my body is pretty nice anyway so i think if i had a neck clit on top of that that would be like the cherry on top yeah the <laughs> clitty on top <laughs> I know that this wasn't Amelia's story, but I got so tickled at the Bridezilla. Yes. At all of the Bridezilla comments. And we're not planning on doing Twisted next week, which is the the sequel to this one. Um, And it is Mason and Amelia's story. But it is a absolutely fucking phenomenal book. Yes. If you haven't read it, you need to. Agreed. And maybe we'll read it at some other time, but... It's likely that we will. Yeah, you should read it. If you liked this book, you will like the next one. And I like that we we find out that she really wasn't a bridezilla. It was her fiancé that was the groomzilla. And his mother. Oh, God, his mother. And the wedding planner. Everybody. Everybody was horrible. Besides Amelia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the book was great. The groveling was amazing after, you know, he did rape her brutally in front of his whole family and neighborhood. And she she ran away from him and successfully got home. But then him and his buddy, like Riley, and I don't remember who the other two were, but there were three of them, I think, um, drove out and pretty much kidnapped her back to Tyson's place. Yep. But I, I do like that she, obviously, obviously she forgave him at some point because it is a, a romance novel and we have to have a happily ever after. How do you th- did, did you find the groveling? Um, well, uh, the one that got me, first of all, I want to say, dude is manipulative. Oh, yeah. His brain is always working for how to make things, turn things to his best advantage. But he never uses it against her. He doesn't say half of the thoughts that would actually manipulate her into staying. Mm-hmm. And I respect the hell out of him for that. But he says, um, do you want me to go away? I ask. I said I wouldn't. I said I couldn't, but I hate that I hurt you so much. Her hurt expression is now fear. I don't want her to be afraid. Well, what would you do? She asks in a small voice. Go back into the woods as a wolf. Stay that way. I look down at my beautiful breakfast. The silence is loud, very loud. I loathe it. I look up at her face, despite the fear of what I'll see, that I'll see that she wants me gone from her life. I see tears streaming down her cheeks. Fuck, I've caused so many tears for her. I get up. I'm done making her cry. I love you. I say again, I'm so sorry. I turn from her, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and I head for the door. I get to the porch, and I throw my shirt off. I drop my pants and I shift. As soon as my paws hit the ground, I hear the door swing open. Wait, she cries. Wait. Do you think he meant it? Yeah, I think he did. The other one is that that was really good was on page 350. And well, first of all, on page 350, 
he says, I must learn to control that somehow. It's never been this out of control, talking about his anger. Maybe my father's journals will have some answers. Maybe I can ask a witch what Cornelius would have injected me with so I can give that to Ivy. What injection is he talking about? I don't remember. I mean, I've read this one now three times, and I cannot recall a mo- another time that an injection Hang on. is used in any context besides um, cat with um, Ivy. I, I found it. He made use of my senses many times while I grew. And by the time I was a man, his major focus was coaxing me into finding my mate. Although my biggest concern was always running, hunting, feasting. I particularly enjoyed hunting evasive animals that were good at dodging me. I thrived on challenges. And I always shared with him the fruits of my labor on letting him eat first. Memories sweep over me, hunting a man and ripping his throat out throat out before devouring a bunch of his flesh in rage. So see, he did it, he human. Yes. I thought, I thought it was fucking hallucinating. Um, um, I don't recall why. What did that man do? Why did I do that? The haze, the haze of anger. Uncle was there afterwards. There leashing me, trying to calm me. I almost destroyed him too, but he injected something into my flank that made me sleep so that the haze would leave. Ah. Bumps rise on the back of my neck, and I feel a chill, an angry one, and I start remembering some of the errands we had, errands that filled the space under the garage floorboards with money. Well, after he's thinking about this injection that he wants to give Ivy, he says, Ivy, I can't help what I am any more than you can. I can't help what I am any more than you can, I say, using her words from not too long after we first met. Her eyes point to her hands. She fiddles with her fingers in her lap. But I will do everything I can to fix this between us. I fucked up. I'm sorry. But I'm me. I can't promise you it'll never happen again or I'd be lying. And I do promise never to lie to you. She continues staring at her hands. I wanted to come back here and fuck you until you submit to me. Make you come over and over until you know you're mine. She cringes, physically cringes. This hurts, but I keep talking. But I'll give you space instead. I love you, Ivy. I'm very sorry to make you hurt like this, to make you recoil at the idea of me touching you. I swallow and let out a big breath. I'll do my best to be a good mate to you. I changed my mind. I can't live in that city with the stench and the noise and so much pavement. We can live here or we can live in our can of falls. It's up to you. She says nothing. Now, I really need to run and I also need to do, do wolf things. So I'm going to go do that. Please stay here. If you leave again, I'll just have to hunt for you. And if I do, I can't promise I won't fuck you until you submit. I'm fighting all of my instincts right now. And believe me, it's not easy. Obey me, please. At least you said please. That is such a good grovel, though. Yeah. No, it's it's perfect. I mean. Was it satisfactory to you? Like the ending? It was. She has a, at some point after they make up, um, she has, but I, or maybe I was thinking about somebody else, but she has a realization um, 
about her, about him and about just kind of the realities of life and how she feels. And you get to see her thought processes. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was okay with it. Okay. It wasn't a magical fix. Yeah. She had to process everything at her speed and her way. And then it could be okay. So it was very satisfactory to me. Yeah. I liked it too. I did. I liked the whole book. The whole book was so good. Um, because like we said, it was hot and it was definitely brutal at points, but it was a really sweet and funny book and like very well thought out and the emotion, very like emotional, like it, it pulled on your heartstrings for sure. Oh, absolutely. is why Cornelius took him to begin with. Was it to punish? I think it was to punish Kat. Yeah. Um, because she said she told him no. Yeah, I think so too. How would you write, put this on a, on a dark scale? Mm. Yeah, to Heather Gray to Black. I would say probably in the middle. I was thinking that it would be probably about exact middle. Yeah. Um, because there is a lot of dark there, but mm -hmm. it's tempered very well with the humor. Yeah. Yeah, I would say in the middle. It, it, it wasn't super dark. Um, but it was definitely not Heather Gray. Yeah. Well, that was Wild by Dee Dee Prince, everybody. I hope you liked it as much as we did, and we hope you had a spooktacular time reading it. I thought it was a great pick for Spooktober. I think so. Um, it has everything that, that you need for a good Spooktober book. Yeah, it had magic. It had creepy woods. It had chasing in the creepy woods. It had witches <laughs> and shifters. Shifters and back from the dead mm -hmm. there at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it just it had it all. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Like, not excited. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, we are going to be reading Her Soul to Take. Her Soul to Take next, which is a fun book for Spooktober. It comes out on Halloween. And it's the best book for Spooktober because neither of us read it. So we're going to have... a two totally blind react reactions to it and i'm curious to see what we'll do because we haven't really read too many books that neither of us have read before yeah this i think is probably the first one that we have are both coming to new because all the books that have been new to me I think so you've recommended because you've read them and thought i'd like them yeah i think you're right yeah and all the books that you've read i haven't because you recommended them to us so um, speaking of recommendations, if you have any, please message us or post them um, on the Facebook group or email us at triggerwarningromance um, at gmail.com. Post, uh, post it in the Facebook group, which is Trigger Warning Romance, the listener support group. Um, you can always message us on Instagram at Trigger Warning Romance or TikTok at Trigger Warning Romance. 
We have a never ending list of TBRs for this podcast. Yes. We are never going to run out of material. Never. But if there is something that you're interested in or that you think will like, mm-hmm. by all means, let us know. Drop us a note. Please. And guys, just so that you know, we are starting a new giveaway this week. Yes. If you follow us on our social, on your social, screenshot that you follow us, post it Mm -hmm. to our Facebook group, the Trigger Warning Romance Listener Support Group. There will be a post pinned to the top, so it's easily findable. Show, screenshot it, send it to us. That's going to enter you in for a random number generated pick. So you get to pick an episode for us to do. You get to pick a book that Trigger Warning Romance will give the Trigger Warning Romance treatment to. Which means we will giggle our way through it. (laughs) (laughs) And give you plenty of tangents. Which we haven't had too many tangents this episode. Who are we? It's got to be Spooktober. It's got to be Spooktober. Or it's got to be the fact that we're not in our... Both of us are not in our usual recording spaces. That's true. Or um, when we did the Patreon episode, um, we did a special intro episode on our Patreon page. Um, yes, if you did. would like to check that out. Um, it is. It has not been uploaded quite yet, um, but it should be by the end of the week. And we were surprisingly professional for that one. Yes. Speaking of surprisingly professional, the reason we are doing this giveaway is because, as you guys know, when Tori and I started this podcast journey six months ago, because we're still pretty new at this, we didn't think anybody would listen. And now Trigger Warning Romance has 25.5 thousand of you following our TikTok account. Who are you people? (laughs) And we just really wanted to celebrate because, like I said, neither of us thought that anybody would listen, let alone 25.5 thousand of you. And we definitely haven't heard from all 25.5 thousand of you. So y'all need to get in here. And I don't honestly think 25.5 thousand people listen, but... They are aware of us, and that is good they enough. They know who we are, and that I am fine with that. Yes. Also, Tori has joined TikTok, so go follow her. She hasn't posted anything, but um, she's there to interact with us. I have, and I am at <laughs> so, Tori.Klein, um, if you would like to follow me. There you go. Follow our girl. Um Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And I want you to know that Nat was wrong. I have not been addicted to the crack that is TikTok. (laughs) I signed up yesterday and she was like, you sign up and it's going to be done. Three minutes, three minutes max until you're hooked. I'm not not hooked hooked yet. yet. But I found so many books that I want to look up. Oh my God. All right, PGBR. 
and so many of them, I'm like, when am I going to have time to read that? I've got to, I've got to get that on the calendar when it comes out. It's a, a lot. lot. My poor brain exploded last night when I went to sleep. So um, addiction is still possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 coming. It's coming. I, I, I could see it. If I hadn't had to focus on Wild to get it finished for tonight, yeah, it might have been worse. Just wait until like we have a little break and we're not recording two episodes a week. You're you're gonna spiral. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of spiraling, do you have any palate cleansers? I do. For us? Um today is October 7th that we're putting this up and Wilting Violet just came out. It is in the Sons of Templar MC universe. It is in their New Mexico chapter and it is a absolutely incredible MC book. Um, It is a stepfather's best friend um age gap of 16 years and i was telling nat and i want to just roll up front with the trigger here um near the beginning of the book the heroine had discovers an unexpected and unwanted pregnancy she does go through with having an abortion And there is a great deal of, well, I won't say a great deal. There is significant discussion about what she's done and her mental state and how she has recovered. And she is very into women's rights. So I I find that that it was all very timely. I'm not finished with it yet, but I'll probably finish it before I sleep tonight <laughs> mm-hmm. or certainly by tomorrow. Um, but it is, it is a great read. It's by Ann Malcolm. And if you like MCs, I cannot rate the series high enough. It does not get nearly enough love and attention. Oh, that sounds great. Um, my palate cleanser is actually a book that hasn't come out yet, Ooh. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you all know that I listen to Bonkers Romance, and they have the Peculiar Tastes series that Katie Robert, Jenny Nordback, Adriana Herrera, Nikki Sloan, Zoe Castile, and Sierra Simone got together and wrote this an- Halloween, like, spooky season anthology. It is coming out, I believe, I, I want to say, like, October soon i want to say like next week like october something do you have the name of the anthology yes it's called peculiar tastes series oh okay i didn't realize that was the the name of it um i thought it was actually like a series on peculiar tastes that they did as an episode (laughs) oh no it's it's peculiar tastes book one um is the the book that I'm like really waiting for is by Jenny Nordback and it's called The Death God's Sacrifice. And it's um Bonkers Romance did an episode on it, but I wouldn't recommend listening to it because it has a lot of spoilers. So 
if you haven't read the book, um, is this out already? He said the death gods. <gasps> the death gods sacrifice. sacrifice. Um, it might be out already. I think it's out. It's out! <laughs> I lied. It's out. I just haven't read it yet. Um, so, and um, it's all, this is like these five books that are, or I'm sorry, six books that are um, in the same world, but they follow different characters and they're all monster romance. Ooh. I feel like monster romance. Love some monster I mean, romance. Yeah. This guy that, like I said, I, I wouldn't recommend listening to the, the episode of Bonkers Romance Dead yet if you haven't read it because they talk deeply about the book in detail. Um, but he has antlers and she uses them to like sit on his face. And it was a great visual in my head. Wow, that's going to be easier to hang on to than the wall. And he's got a tail that's ambidextrous. So there's the promise of the anal anal tail. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say it like Chekhov's tail. (laughs) Um, You said that was by Jenny Nordback? Yeah, Jenny Nordback. Um, and I, I like I said, I haven't read it yet, but I listened to the podcast because uh, I have I love spoilers, so I'm I'm all down for listening to a whole episode on a book that I haven't read yet because that will tell me if I want to read this book or not. And I certainly want to read this book because it's about I don't know this death god right with antlers and stuff and and um. The heroine is an assassin, and she is sent to kill them, and instead, he fucks her real good. (laughs) (laughs) And they fall in love, and it's like a whole story. I'm not going to spoil it for you, because you're probably going to read it. But like like I said, it's all monster romance, except for one of the books, which I don't remember which one. One of the books is two humans, but they're stuck in this shadow realm with all the monsters, so... Um, that's my palate cleanser. It's a spooky season palate cleanser. Uh, I guess a bonus palate cleanser is Bonkers Romance themselves. Like, it's a great podcast. If you enjoy us, you'll definitely enjoy them. And I've spoken about them before, so you probably already know about them. But they're fun and really insightful and just delightful to listen to. So Awesome. Do you have a review for us today? Yes. And guys, while she's pulling up the review, I just would like to encourage all of you to please rate and review us, especially if you're on Spotify or on Apple, Apple. Podcasts um, or Spotify. That's primarily your all's reviews and ratings are what put us in front of other people. So when they do searches, the algorithm is more likely to recommend a higher rated podcast. Yeah. Um, and a podcast that that is active, so we would we would love any help and love that you can give us that way. Yeah, this way I don't have to keep um, pimping my husband out on TikTok. <laughs> okay, this is another five star review, and it says best podcast available. Ooh, I like mark? the sound of that. <laughs> It says, I love 
all things devoted to dark romance, the books, the groups, the edits, and aesthetics, a podcast is certainly a cherry on top. I love the discussion on the Trigger Warning Romance podcast. It's also a great way to get a feel for whether or not a new author slash book slash series is going to be a good fit. Kudos on this novel, <laughs> pun intended, idea. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, we are a little biased, but we would have to agree. Yes, Absolutely. best podcast ever. We are so modest. That's part of what y'all love about us, I'm sure. Most certainly. Um, so yes, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a great time with us tonight. We had a great time recording this one. As always, we have fun together and we have fun with you. Please continue to rate and review, um, especially on Apple Podcasts. Please join the giveaway if you want to give a certain book a trigger a trigger warning romance um, treatment. And and don't forget, next week we are doing the demon romance her soul to take by harley larue yes read that one we're so excited about that one yes so you guys have a great week and we will see you next monday bye take care hi future nat here so we're actually not going to be reading her soul to take by harley larue for our next episode because the recording didn't come out the way we wanted it to and also, it's just not a very dark book. It's not a bad book at all. It's actually a fantastic read, and I really, really enjoyed it, and so did Tori. However, it is not dark romance. It is um, just a spooky book about a demon who's a complete cinnamon roll. So <laughs> um, we really enjoyed it, and we hope that you actually have read it or will read it. It's just not going to be a, an episode for the podcast because the recording didn't come out great and it's just not um, the vibe that we're looking for. However, we have an extra special treat for you next week because the queen of dark romance herself, Zoe Blake, is coming on the podcast and she's bringing us Dead Love by Audrey Rush. It is totally up our alley. It is a stalker romance about a gravedigger and a very sheltered young lady who he does kidnap. It's almost like Zoe knows us so well. <laughs> anyway, we hope that you enjoy Dead Love by Audrey Rush, and we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye!